Ask the Podcast Coach for June 20th, 2020. Let's get ready to podcast. There it is. It's that fun-filled music that means it's time for Ask the Podcast Coach, where you get your podcast questions answered live. I'm Dave Jackson from the School of Podcasting.com, and joining me right over there, and hey, he's got internet today, the one, the only, Jim Cullison from TheAverageGuy.tv. Jim, how's it going, buddy? Greetings, Dave. Happy Saturday morning to you. Not so bad for the audience last week. Terrible for me. Like, this is one of those situations, right? The week before, you were dropping out, and I was in, and then last week, I was struggling. But no one could tell last week that I was struggling. Like, the my up speed was fine, but my down was a problem. So I was getting every other word from an hour and a half of that is really hard on your brain. <laughs> like, I, I could not... I just... I could not... Why see my background here? I had a YouTube video playing mm-hmm. back there, and now, and now it's Home Gadget Geeks that just started on its own. So we'll see how that goes. But anyways, every other word from from you last week, your brain starts to just go, <laughs> "I can't do this anymore." Like I, I had to go out and take a bath, <laughs> like some bath bombs, <laughs> and light some candles. I was just super stressed out. So anyways, we have a we have a coffee pour. We do have a coffee pour. So Mark over at podcastbranding.co. Dave, tell him what he's won. Yes, Mark over at podcastbranding.co. If you look, if you need a website, if you need album art, if you need like a cool lead magnet, if you need anything to look good, it's super easy. Podcastbranding.co. Not only is Mark a great award-winning graphic designer, he's a podcaster. And uh, today in the after show... Post show, whatever we're going to call it. I actually have Mark working on some artwork again, so we'll take a peek at those. Because I realize if I do this now and you're listening to the episode, it doesn't do much good to go, which one do you like better, number one or number two? Because it's kind of hard to see artwork when it's an audio podcast. But if you want to look good and just make a great first impression, then go over and check out Mark at podcastbranding.co. And be sure to tell him that, hey, you heard about this on the morning pour and uh, ask the podcast coach. So the delicious morning pour. It's always so good. <laughs> Mentioned sound issues yesterday or uh, last week. And right after the show was over, I had a, an appointment scheduled with Cox to come out, a technician to come out. Nice 23 year old guy, brand kind of brand new in the business, wanted to really impress. And so he was doing some amazing work for me. But that's just one of those things when you think about your bandwidth, right? It's how it's really, really important. I don't know what changed to make my bandwidth bad, but we started going through the boxes on the back of my house. Like, you never, what are in those things? Have you ever looked? They're sealed up. You can't get it. Like, it's one of those moments. So I just said to him, what do you think's in that box? (laughs) He was like, the the cable came in and then there was a old, old, old HBO thing on there. Like a filter, they said, like that was, that could have been gone 20 years ago. And then, so he pulls that out. And then I said, what do you think's in that box down below? He's like, I don't know. So he cut the thing and he opens it up. That internet line was coming in and it was going into two different splitters. So it was coming in and being split once. And a bunch of in the old days here, 25 years ago, they would split it and then run it to every room in the house. And it was run on the outside or on the inside or whatever. Right. right? And that's how you got that's how you got internet or how you got cable TV into the rooms in your house. Let's split twice, <laughs> which is not good. It it really is not good. And yeah. I said can you fix that? He's like, damn right. I can fix that. So <laughs> he just starts cutting cables and chunk, throwing stuff out of the, out of the, uh, the box. And we finally got it down to one cable goes right to my cable modem. 
and we did some speed tests and actually the, the, the I guess the one thing I learned that the default server for Cox on speedtest.net where I go mm-hmm. for local, not the fastest server, not very good. Cause I not, wasn't getting very good speeds. And then I started moving it around to other servers in the area and I got what was advertised. I think for the first time, Dave in <laughs> ever, I'm actually getting the advertised download and upload speeds for Cox. <laughs> so it, it is important. I think for podcasters to make sure you've done a little bit of homework on your own internal setup all the way to the modem, right? To make sure that you are getting, in, in my case, because it was a splitter of a splitter, I was getting degraded in something degraded signal. Something on the other end changed just enough that that splitter of a splitter caused me to have really bad internet. And it had been good. It had been okay for the last 10 or 15 years, but whatever changed on their network uh, really screwed me up. So might be one of those things as a podcaster. If you're in a new house or if you're a new construction or you just moved in or whatever, it's a, it's a great opportunity to kind of optimize your wiring on that. And that stuff is important. If you're, if it's not set up right, you could have degraded service and there's nothing more frustrating, Dave. I just could not, I couldn't, I got to the, I needed to smoke at the end of the, <laughs> like I was like so stressed out last week. Well, Daniel says uh, he was imagining like they opened up a box and bats and moss would fly. China, there were spider web and I stuff bet. in there, you know. But it, it it was a spider web of cables, that's for sure. Yeah. Carrie says, my husband's best friend worked for Comcast, was an installer for years, and would tell us mm-hmm. the crazy setups he would find. Yeah, that's I run into that. When I first moved into this apartment and I was having internet problems and the guy found out that it was kind of the same thing, been split one too many times. And the problem with an apartment is one guy will have the TV against this wall and then the next guy will move in and move it against this. So you got cables going everywhere. And I notice in my closet, I have a cable from somewhere going up the wall. And I'm like, that's kind of like, who's watching TV in the closet? I'm like, that's kind of. Well, yeah, no, some, <laughs> and sometimes, you know, just, it just, they, they wire what they can. Yeah. Like, you know, start looking in your house and you're like, oh, I can't get a wire in there. Okay, I'm going to bring it in there and then I'm going to sneak it underneath the carpet. For the last 20 years, we, we moved into this house 20 years ago, August. For the last 20 years, I've been ripping out phone and cable in the rooms when I redo the rooms. Mm. They were all, the previous people had brought cable and phone into every single room. Well, those days are over. Like, I don't need yeah. a phone jack anymore. And I don't, definitely, we're not watching TV that way anymore, right? I can bring a tablet in or a laptop or yeah. right. We're using Roku's or we're using Chromecasts or whatever, right. Uh, Nvidia shields. So yeah, I've been ripping that stuff out. So it's it, when he had, there were five or six cables going out. I'm like, take them all out. Like, I don't need it. He's like, are you sure? I'm like, no, no, I've already cut those cables. They're, they're already disconnected inside the house. You don't, you don't need to worry about it. I wish I'd had a, I wish the one thing I wish is, and I don't do this enough. I wish I would have tipped him on the way out. Like, Mm -hmm. I know they don't expect that. I know that's not for the service, but he was such a good technician who he listened to me. I gave him a super good review on it. You you get the email. Hey, how do we do? I gave him all fives. And then when they talked about Cox, I gave him all twos, (laughs) but, (laughs) but, but it was one of those things. I kind of wish I'd give him a tip. He was really extraordinary on listening. Like, Mm. and, and, at one point he said, Oh, this isn't grounded. Right. Like you don't this, cause I have a whole house grounding things, a lightning strike. 
surge protector type deal. And he's like, this isn't wired right. I'm going to fix it. So it didn't have to, wasn't his job, right. but he went ahead and ran a new line over to the bus and got it all set up. And, and so it was, it was a pretty great experience. You don't hear about Hayden was his name. You don't hear about that very often where you get really good service from your internet service provider, but, but he had it going on. So it's good to be back. Good to hear you. And, uh, and wire, wiring matters like it does. It really does matter. So if you're struggling, you're not getting the quality that you think, it might be time to take a look at that connection that goes from your modem or wherever coming in. Now, if you're on fiber, chances are you're fine because that's all brand new stuff. But if you're on cable, chances are it's probably pretty old. Might want to just take a look at it. And Dave, the other thing I did, I bought the service from Cox. $10 a month covers all the wiring in the house all the time because they only cover right up to the box. And I am just so sick of that. And then they say, well, we can't come in. And literally they can't now because of COVID. But right. I bought that service that allows them now to come in and fix wiring inside the house. Because I have an old place. Right. It's built in the 50s. So, yeah. So things you learn. Uh, even I'm not a tech guy. But things you learn when you, when you, when you really kind of dig in. Well, when I was a, a copier technician, one of the first things, and, and actually even now with podcasting, Anytime there's an issue, the first thing I do is unplug and replug everything back in because a lot of times it's just a something's wiggled the wrong way. I had one um, last week where I my desk moves up and down and I've got all the cables strapped in and everything like that and didn't even think about it and moved my, my desk back down and all of a sudden my one monitor went out and I was like, ah, oh, crap, what's going on? And all I did was I walked around and saw where something had just moved just a little bit and moved it back in. Poof, my monitor came back on. So went in down. Well, and, and don't forget when you're troubleshooting internet problems, and this is areas a lot of podcasters are not good at. So I give you a little advice on this one. This this area I am good at. So when, when you're coming in, right, that comes into a cable modem generally. Most people are on a cable modem of some kind. If you're having trouble with your connection, shut everything down. Like just like turn everything off. Yeah. Start with your modem, turn it back on. Give it a good five minutes to come in and resolve and do all the things. Make sure all the lights come on. Then turn on your router. Most people have a wired or wireless router in their house. That's what they really connect to. Now, sometimes that modem and router are all in one. You've bought that Cox has this, they call it panoramic Wi-Fi, where you've bought the modem and the Wi-Fi and the router all in one. And that in that case, just let it boot up. Then start turning on machines one at a time if you have more than one. And bring that first computer up. Hopefully you can connect to it in a wired. Wireless connections are not always the most reliable, but uh, wired. Then do all your testing, but, but give it that, pre- that procession. Modem, router, computer, do some testing. Sometimes people, and I know, right, five minutes before a podcast, you don't have that kind of time, right? When you're freaking out and things aren't working and it, things keep shutting off on you. But if you can, modem, router, computer. Yeah. Jason says, uh, also, if you upgrade your speed, make sure your modem can actually handle the gigabyte or whatever your speed is. He says, yeah, I had to get a yeah, new gigabit. one when I upgraded. So, Yeah, gigabit. And just remember, there's do- there's two DOCSIS levels, right? DOCSIS 3.0, that's kind of a, a, a standard from a couple years back. Most of us, most of you are probably on a DOCSIS 3.0 modem if it's two years old or, or older. DOCSIS 3.1 is the new standard. That is what handles gigabit. And so you're going to need it. Most of the providers are going to require you you upgrade to three three dot one. I shouldn't say most; they all will to get the gigabit. If that's what you're doing, I don't know about you, Dave. I'm 150, so I'm still. I don't. I don't. I don't need gigabit. Like I don't need that much download. I'm more worried about my upload speed. Yeah. 
And I can't, with Cox here, you can only get 10 or 15 in most cases up 30 if you pay on the big plan. That's what's more important to me is the up speed. So chances are if your if your modem's a couple years old and your internet's fine, don't mess with it. Like yeah. don't, 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 don't mess with it. But when you're having that, when you are changing things, that's kind of a good time to review the whole kind of the whole process. Do I need more? Do I need to pay more for it? It's pretty expensive. It does. You know? So yeah. 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 All right. Well, Jim, I, I found a clip I want to play you. And I'm not going to set it up at all. I just okay. I just want your opinion on this. Now, this this was recorded. It's me. I, I put my phone by a speaker. So I'm not looking for you to comment on the quality of it, but more the presentation, I guess, is, is okay. the only clue I'll give you here. Here we go. Utter it. Firestone Park Elementary School in Akron, one of a handful in the city without air conditioning, took a look at the forecast and cried uncle. Mark Williamson, director of communications at Akron Public Schools, said yesterday that the school's roof is being replaced and windows need to be closed while work is ongoing. That's enough of that. <laughs> Thoughts? Well, it kind of has that newsy, it kind of has that, it's oh, the over-the-top newsy kind of yeah. announcer voice guy, gal. Thing. You'll probably hear this on the School of Podcasting. That is, when I heard it, I was, I, that's why I grabbed my phone. I'm like, that to me is the epitome of what I call sing-songy. Where mm-hmm. all of a sudden she is going, I don't know why I'm doing that. And that, that, that. I was like, what, what's up with the, and the weather in, ah, I was like, is somebody like, is there a little, how, somebody, how long, how long's the cut on that thing? Uh, this was just it? a part of it, but it's, I mean, it goes Coupled with the lack of air conditioning. The school was in an untenable position in state yeah. news. In a bid to protect teenagers and children, Governor Mike yeah, DeWine wants Ohio. <laughs> Yeah, it's I, just a style. It's it's actually the that's kind of it's it's just an overblown new style. If yeah. you were going to if you were going to be um, recording some the header on a news art and it yeah. was going to be short, yeah. Now I I don't know if I'd emphasize it that much, but it just needs a little practice. Yeah. I think it, it, now a whole podcast that way. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if I would. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know if I could listen to thirty minutes that it, way. That it's would, that would be uh, a little over the top. That's my news briefing. So in the morning, I'll roll over and I'll ask uh, the woman of the tube. I'm like, "What's new?" And she will give me. Let's see. It's the weather, and then it's James Cridlin, mm. and then it's the Bible verse of the day thing, and then it's the newsworthy. With Are you ready? Let's do this. Whatever her name is. I want to say Amanda, but that's not it. And by that time, I'm up and almost ready to get in the shower and, and things are good. Daniel says, I need to check out how did this get made? The host, Paul, has the sing-song sound twice as bad. Wow. Wow. I will have to check that out then. Again, we all have different styles and it is what it is, but I just... And maybe she's if her listeners appreciate that or like that style or, or, or what have you. The other thing that's really interesting about that is that's from, I believe, the Akron Beacon Journal, which is the only newspaper left. And it's like, I heard that, I don't know, two days ago. And school's not in session. Like, they're, they're, whatever she's reading about is like probably a year old. There's something wrong with their, their flash briefing, their, the technology behind that. I, that's why I always kind of laugh. And for the longest time, she wasn't there. And then so when I heard her come on, it's like, oh, quick, grab your phone. It's the sing-songy woman. So 
But anyway, oh, here's another fun one. Gabrielle says, drives me nuts. Uh, like people who end their sentences on an upward inflection. Uh, that drives me nuts. Like, are you asking a question? Uh, yeah, that whole thing. That's, that's one of those things. I think some Australians do that. It's part of the, the way they speak. That's just the way they speak. So I know. Yeah. Ooh, can I, can I, ooh, let's just offend a lot of people. Millennials, if I were to paint with a really wide brush, at times oh no here we go oh god yeah we'll we'll do the whole dave at school podcast (laughs) exactly (laughs) where it'll be like well i just remember when i i had a meeting once with spotify and the libsyn team and on the other side were people that were much younger than i was and it just seemed like they would state something like uh 128 kilobits per second seems to be the standard format for audio and I'm like, why are we ending that with an upswing? It's no, it is. That is so it was just kind of like it's become it's become a little more common. And I, I well, and I I'm fascinated just by language in general. Like how we like if you've ever what if you go across any country, I mean if you go down south, you get people talking like this, you go up north and you got people who are parking your car. And I'm like, how does how does that happen that we all just kinda I know if I spend yeah. time in Texas, I will come back and drop a y'all and I'm like it's just a weird thing how we all kind of pick up each other's stuff. So, but I mentioned having a meeting with Spotify. There were some news this week hmm. about Spotify. How's that for a transition? That's a good, good timing on that transition. Yeah. They have come up with yet another exclusive deal in this case with DC comics. And apparently they're going to be scripted custom made podcast about DC. So Batman or yeah, Batman, Superman. So I'm not a comic person, but I saw Superman. I saw Batman. Those you're doing good. Those, those two are both wonder woman is another one. Yeah. Aquaman is another one. Yeah. So they're going to have podcasts exclusively on Spotify. And so the interesting thing is Spotify keeps doing some pretty big stuff. I mean, they're putting out bazillions of dollars, and I just get the feeling that eventually it's kind of, uh, have you ever heard the story of the camel's nose? The thing where there's a, a guy in a tent and a camel's like, hey, I'm, it's really cold oh, out here. Keeps itching, his, in, inching his way in. Yeah. And he inches. Yeah. And so the camel, can I get my head in here? Uh, can I just put my neck, just my neck, blah, blah, blah. And eventually the camel goes all the way in the tent leaving no room for the guy that had the tent in the first place. And so I'm like, I think Spotify is doing the camel's nose where just eventually they're just doing a little more and a little more and a little more. And it'll be interesting to see if 10 years from now, if just everybody, when you hear the word podcast, just think Spotify. Think Spotify. Yeah. Yeah, It's very possible. It's very possible because they, they don't shy away from the word podcast. Like, like others have. Yeah in this right they're not kind of ashamed of it well i can't we'll kind of kind of do it because everybody else is kind of doing it but it it, i I think they got a good run at it and i think it's a good example and i think podcasters can learn from this too that the power of doing little improvements over a long periods of time instead of trying to eat the whole the whole elephant in one shot like little tiny bites over long periods of time has an amazing can have an amazing effect you can do it you can get a lot done that way yeah. Uh, Dan says that deal with DC and Spotify felt like a reaction to the Marvel Sirius XM slash Pandora deal that happened last year, which leads me to yet another killer transition. And that is that Sirius now owns Simplecast. 
mm-hmm. which I thought was interesting. And Murphy, right? Addy yeah, is over there. Addy, as well. Mike yeah. Murphy, Aaron Dowd, who is the podcast dude, used to work there. He now works for Podcorn. But if you think about it, so now Sirius owns Pandora and Simplecast. And I think there's more coming with Pandora. Oh, I know. Oh, mm, my brain's just not working this morning. Daryl Darnell from podcast. It's something pros. But anyway, he's an editor guy. He was, he met Pandora at uh podcast movement. And apparently there was some deal where you could scan a QR code or something and get into Pandora. And he said, Hey, I just got the email. I'm in Pandora. It only took three years. <laughs> it was like, holy cow. So, uh, oh, it's in uh, Podcasters News that Pandora is now offering analytics. I haven't listened to that story yet. I just saw the headline. And Pandora is going to start, yeah, Pro Podcast Solutions. Thank you, Daniel. That's Daryl's uh, deal. If you're looking for an editor, Daryl does really good work, and he'll do the whole nine yards. And uh, But I, I saw the headline where Pandora is going to start offering podcast analytics if you're on the platform. The problem is it's not that easy to get on the platform. I know right now if you submit your show to Pandora and say, hey, I'm using a Libsyn feed, they will say, oh, you need to contact Libsyn, which means you contact Rob. Rob makes a list, sends it to Pandora, and Pandora is kind of like the early days of Spotify where they maybe are admitting 10%. So it's going to be uh, be interesting to see. But now that they have Simplecast, this is, again, where you kind of go, all right, originally Spotify was kind of, Oh, just whatever, just mulling around the outside of podcasting. And then they jumped into the deep. I'll be interested to see if Sirius now, because Sirius had an app. They might still have an app. They built an app once, like a, an overcast kind of thing where it was something to listen to podcasts. And it, it didn't get a lot of, they didn't really publicize it a whole lot. I forget the name of it, but more more things coming in the in down the pike with more companies. So, so Sirius... Pandora Simplecast, does that sound a little bit like Spotify Anchor? Yes, the Spotify Anchor. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you, what what could be happening or what could happen here coming up pretty quick? And, and I've, I think I just made it into a prediction through Ross Brand's predictions at one point, which is I think these will consolidate. These will really, these hosting platforms will begin to consolidate down, right? In other words, Hey, we're going to, if we're going to get into this business, I'm surprised this hasn't happened already, but if we're going to get into this business and we're going to get into the hosting business, the first thing to do is buy a host. So you don't have to make one, right? Which is what they did. And then the next thing you do is you start consolidating. You start taking out, (laughs) you start, you know, snagging other, not that they would do this, but let's just say now they go after a shout engine. Or they go after Mixcloud, or they go after AudioMac, or they go after Podcast.com to gather those, those get the corner on the market on this thing, start taking them off, off the books, <laughs> right? Stop letting them be uh, options that are out there. So that we may see some of that start to happen now that this transaction has happened. And it's Simplecast is in that, mid, I think, is in that middle space, like big enough to be a player but not big enough to have a big price tag that maybe like a Spreaker or a Lipson or a Blueberry would carry. 
and and maybe a pretty good deal to be able to get in there and get a host provider and buy all that infrastructure and not have to recreate it. Yeah, they have uh, Dak Shepard from Armchair something something. I forget his show. And that's a really popular show. So that's, I know he's on Simplecast. The thing that they changed, because I went over and looked, they, they redid, when they became IAB certified, they redid a lot of the back end. And I know now they don't have unlimited downloads anymore. And now, again, it's kind of like Spreaker. You get a huge number or Captivate. Some of these people are going to like, hey, you can have as many episodes as you want, but we're going to cap how many downloads you can get. Mm-hmm. So I saw where they, they changed that. So it'll be uh, interesting to see. Eliquity says also she was talking about uh, Daryl. And she goes, Daryl, Daryl show notes writer is awesome. That's because it's a liquid. Yeah. So she, she's, she's part of the team over there. Self-promotion there in that in any way. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. Super great, by the way. I, I thought this was an interesting question. I got this from Facebook and it was from Sharon. And she says, no one wants to listen to my podcast. Yes, I'm a teenager who just started her podcast and is feeling discouraged. I understand that there are lots of advertisers, podcasters, and YouTubers, but how many people are really available to consume these contents and information? And so I'm going to stop there. And then there's a, there's a piece of the puzzle I'm going to inject later. But if you heard that right now, Jim, what would you say? I agree with her in a lot of ways. (laughs) Daniel's, Stats tell us, and, and I heard him talking about this somewhere, uh, maybe Podcasters Roundtable. So if you're not listening to Podcasters Roundtable, you should be. Great show. It's one of my go-tos every every fortnight, I think, is what, uh, um, <laughs> is, is what he says. But I would say, yeah, there's just, I mean, his in his numbers, Daniel's saying something, some like has doubled the number of podcasts during the pandemic. The number of podcasts created like doubled. And uh, like from 40,000 to 90,000 or something like that, Daniel, you can throw the exact numbers in the, uh, in the chat room. So that's just a lot of noise, Dave. I mean, that's a lot of, uh, that's a lot. We're also in a space where current podcast listeners already have a full playlist. And so if you're going to break in, if you're going to have them listen to something, it's got to be great. It has to dislodge something else in their playlist, you know? And so, so just kind of mediocre stuff, it's it's going to struggle. Well, the interesting I mean, thing struggle. is is the people jumped in there and kind of were all like, "Hey, we, hey there, Buckaroo, don't keep your chin up. Have you have you talked to any of your other friends to listen to your podcast?" And she said, "Yes, I have, and I can't really get them to to fully buy into my podcast." So, what's the one thing we don't know yet about her podcast? I don't know. Uh, what is it? Oh, yeah. It's learning Chinese. Oh. And I'm like, how many teenagers want to learn Chinese? I was like, I don't know. That yeah, was- but there may be a lot of people who want to, whether they're teenagers or not, there may be, there may be some, but again, it's hard to break in. It's hard, it's hard to know what she's doing for advertising, right? Yeah. So I just, she just started out. And when I saw it was learning Chinese, I was like, that's kind of a granted. There might be a lot of people doing that. Maybe not. I know. I wa- yeah. I want to learn Spanish, sure. but I was just yeah. like, Hmm. Daniel says, we'll probably pass 120,000 new podcasts this month. Can this we just month. stop and think about that a second? Yeah. 120,000 podcasts this month. And that's, yeah. 
that's that's June of 2020. If you're listening to the recording some other time yeah. in the current time. But yeah. Uh, and he says about 75 percent are from Anchor and will probably be DOA. Yeah, it's a loud. It's a noisy, noisy time. I think it's going to I think it'll correct. So we'll come out of this whenever that happens. New norm, whatever that is. And then those numbers will slow down. They, they're not sustainable. Like it, that, it eventually it, it'll, it'll slow down. It will slow down. People will be like, eh, okay, podcast. The things we need to be ready for, and this will maybe in the fall, maybe this winter here in the Northern Hemisphere. So let's talk about November, December, January, maybe sometime in there. People will start hearing this again. Podcasts are dead. Oh, yeah. We have to be ready for that, right? It's going to happen again. We're going to get this big wave of media. Podcasts are dead. And there'll be a whole bunch of conversations. All the all the the normal folks doesn't work. Yeah, we'll be saying, and then you'll have all the folks coming in like us who are like, "It's not dead. It's still alive. It's still great." So that's coming again. It's it's kind of lulled. Yeah, and it's gonna. We haven't had a good old fashioned podcasting is dead in a while. I mean, it used to be would serve every now and then and things of that nature. Uh, Aliquity is asking, "How do I get on the show?" It's askthepodcastcoach.com slash join. We'll uh, bring you right on in. Well, she's doing that, we should probably do a mid-show pour. Absolutely. So let's get this, Mark. Thanks for keeping my coffee uh, coffee cup filled. And Dave, I'm sure we have some awesome subscribers. We do have some awesome subscribers that we can uh, thank. He said, clicking on the share screen. And I'm locked up. Well, that's fun. But that's me and not Dave. That is me. Okay. Well, that was fun. Yeah, our awesome supporters include, well, first of all, if you want to be the teacher's pet, if you're looking for some one-on-one consulting, you can sign up there and you get an hour of consulting a month at a deeply discounted rate. But we always thank our $20 supporters, and that includes awesome people like Greg at DebtShepherd.com, where he teaches financial wellness, Glenn the Geek Hebert at HorseRadioNetwork.com, Max Trescott up in the air at AviationNewsTalk.com, Shane at Spybrary.com. Carl White at Life in the Carolinas podcast.com. Kim Craggy at Toastmasters101.net. So if you're trying to lose the ums and get your talk on, check out Kim. Ed Sullivan over at SonicCupcake.com. And if you'd like to be an awesome supporter, simply go to askthepodcastcoach.com slash awesome. And if you go, is there any other way I can support the show? Yes. You can go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash profit book, where the book Profit from Your Podcast, Proven Strategies to Turn Listeners into a Livelihood, which includes insights from more than 70 podcasters written by one Dave Jackson from founder and host of the School of Podcasting is now available at Amazon schoolofpodcasting.com slash profit profit book. So that's, that's coming down the pike. It's been congrats on getting that finally out. Well, here's the fun thing. I I found that by accident. I am still, I have an email into my, and I'm, this is definitely one of those times where you go, okay, time to be time to understand before being understood because I don't know what my publisher happened during COVID. They might've had a downsize or what, but I found that on my own. Like nobody told me it was available. So it was like, like they have a process that they follow for all of them. Yeah. I mean, it just sounds like it's just grinding through the process, but at least it's coming close. When it's you coming close last year, when you, when you said it'd be out in July, that seemed like nine months ago. Oh, oh it was nine. It months was ago. 10 months ago. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, Holy cow. But like, uh, joining us from the lovely yes. state of Utah is <laughs> the one and only illiquity. How are you? Good morning guys. How are you doing? Good. Awesome. How are you? 
things. So I wanted to make a comment about the girl who has, uh, who has the podcast on Chinese. Hmm. One of the things I learned, because I used to be a nanny many years ago when I was in college, is that a lot of like upper class families are now taking nannies from China because they want their kids to learn Chinese and English because China is such a big economic player. And so I think instead of like, you have to know where your audience is, right? So I said, I think of maybe like asking her friends who might not even be interested is to like go to that, like promote this to nanny agencies and see like if their nannies want to like learn Chinese. So that gives them a leg up when they go to apply for a job. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Or, or parents like in these, in these environments where parents have the money to be able to do this kind of thing, right? And those kinds of spaces and those learning communities and those kinds of things, right? Yeah, it's it's just hard. Liquid, you know, I mean, it's just hard to break in right now anywhere. Like, you've got to hustle. You can't just make a podcast mm-hmm. and I then it, to throw it out there and expect people just to listen. you got to hustle, right? Right. And I think yeah. a lot of people... I get this question all the time when I, people find out I'm a podcaster. They're like, oh, how much money do you make from podcasting? And it's like, no, it, you don't like instantly make money, which would be obviously really nice. Like, I would love that. But a lot of people don't realize you have to put a lot of work into it before you can actually start making money. Yeah. Yeah. It, and we, we use it at Gallup. We use it as a marketing function. So mm-hmm. it's not intended. It does. It does make money. But it it's intended to really be the top of the funnel, right? It's a kind of community building, information disseminating opportunities for folks to purchase different products, right? That's why we have ours. And so I don't, I don't get the, well, how much money did it make question I get is how much influence did it have? Now that is the question they ask me a lot of like, how much influence is it having? What is it? Where is it changing? Where is it changing things? Which is a very similar question, to be honest, Mm -hmm. but so, yeah, another question people ask me is if they should start a podcast and I um, ask them like, well, what do you want to start it for? And um, sometimes they say, well, I just want to make money. I'm like, well, if you just want to make money, don't start a podcast. But if you have like a coaching business or something that doesn't have geographical boundaries and you want to use it as an advertising tool, then that that would work. Yeah, I think but, you can, by the way, I think you can start a podcast just to make money. If mm-hmm. that's what you're in for then we got to do different things to get right. things done. I don't we I know we we knock that sometimes. I don't think that's necessarily a bad way to start. It's just a different it's a different way to start and you can do it. You just got to be ready. It's like me saying I'm going to start selling hot dogs. Yeah, you know, I'm going to open a hot dog stand. Right? There's a just because I say I'm going to do it and I I I open up I, I get a shop and I open it up doesn't mean people are going to come and eat my hot dogs. Like I need to yeah. I need to do some advertising. I need to promote it. I need to get it out there. I need to make a great hot dog. I need to tell people why my hot dogs are different than other people's hot dogs, right? I think people forget it's still a business. Well, you got to work it like a business. And and that's the key. I think what I always tell people is what Aliquity is saying. If you want to make money quickly, that might be a problem with a podcast. But Jim's right. If the goal is I want to make money with my podcast, that's good. We need to know that because we have to set up the content in a way that's going to, like you said, build your influence. Who, who's, who is that? Everybody meet Jack. This is Jack. <laughs> Jack, say hello. I have a cat just like that. Same color, same kind, same, same variety. Pippin is what we call him. But yeah. It's Jack. Oh, nice. But if, <laughs> yeah, but if, if the goal was to make money, first of all, I would say how, and like, that's where Liquidity said, if you're a coach, fine. If it's like, well, I want to sell ads on my podcast. I just, if you go to more podcast money, that's the previous version of profit from your podcast from 2012. And I was reading chapter three last night because I'm just giving it away at this point. Why? Because I don't expect anybody to buy it. 
And Jason Van Orden at the time had internet business mastery. And we're talking about CPM and Jason did the CPM of having a membership site that was kind of high dollar. He was getting $816 CPM, which is a heck of a lot better than 20 or $30 CPM, which doesn't work for most people. But if you have your own product, you are in a whole lot better shape or service or whatever than, Hey, I want to sell ads about, you know, mattresses on my podcast that gets 120 downloads an episode. So yeah. And a lot of people hear about people making money with their podcast and they instantly think like, Oh, I can do that and get an advertiser right away and make a lot of money. And it's, it's like, and I can see how people hear that because podcasting is getting so popular and everybody, and that's what everybody's hearing like on the top. Right. But like, we've been in it. So we know like, that's not how it works, but I try to give people just good podcasting advice. I'm like, whatever you do, you have to be passionate about it. Cause if you're yeah. not passionate about it, it's not a half an hour a week. <laughs> it, it, it is not a liquidity. What's your, what's your podcast and what have you learned? Oh, Dave, go ahead and read yeah. that. No, that's all right. Well, mystic Mac 413 says most people think you can come up with a topic and just record and people will listen. And I'll talk about that. After we get done with Jim was going to ask. Aliquity, what's your podcast and what have you learned during this this pandemic time that we've had? So my podcast is Travel Gluten-Free. And what I've learned during the pandemic time is that one of the things I did was I actually had a whole series on how to travel on an airplane when you're gluten-free. And obviously that wasn't going to work with the pandemic. So I had to pivot my whole publication uh, um, calendar and I changed all the camping because... Everybody, a lot of people are camping now because that's one of the safe things to do to travel. Because I don't obviously encourage people to travel if you're sick or if you're in one of those high risk things. I'm like, but if you feel safe and you can like go camping in an area where there's not a whole ton of people, because all the national parks are still closed for camping. They're now, a lot of them are now open for visitors, but the visitor center is not open. So you can go and hike the trails and use the bathrooms, but you can't go to the visitor center and you can't camp there. So one of the things I had to do is I just had to completely pivot my whole thing because people were asking me, did you shut your podcast down? I'm like, heck no, I'm not going to shut my content down. I just need to figure out what content I need to make. And so I actually have a series coming up on Hawaii, Insider Tips on Hawaii, where uh, we talk about like all these great things about Hawaii. And even though you can't go now, it's the whole theme is like dream, like plan it now, like dream it now and plan it for later. So it's not like you'll never be able to travel again. You can still pick a place to travel and like where you want to stay and what you want to do. You just have to wait to actually plan the thing out. So it's just changing your whole perspective and looking at what you can do as opposed to what you can't do. It's kind of one of those, it's not a no, it's a not now situation. Right. Yeah. Well, and I love the alternative look at, hey, we can't do these kinds of things right now. What can we be doing? And I love that opportunity, like camping or van life. Van life has gotten super popular, like super popular. And I mean, it was popular before, but now it's just gigantic. And so pivoting to those audiences and saying, Hey, how are we, how am I going to now create content for that? In my, in my tech program, we really haven't had to pivot very much because it didn't really, we're, we're finding uh, folks still have more, t- they have more time at home, maybe in some cases, in some cases not. Like, I think we think everybody's home. No, that's not the case. We still have a gigantic uh, portion of our population working, working in public. So we haven't had to pivot too much. We've talked about it a little bit. We we had uh, like, I had Chris Nessie on to talk about how it affected education and stuff, but it, for the most part, has not been a huge uh, pivot. Dave, have you had to pivot with school podcasting content? Through any, I don't think you have. Not really. No. Mm -mm. Yeah. But liquidity, certainly you have. 
Yeah. Yeah. I had to change it. So I had to change my whole thing on that. And then I'm actually going to do, I'm actually adding some new content. I'm going to be doing like a COVID travel update every month or so to let people know like what's open, what's safe, what's not safe, which obviously I didn't have planned before COVID. So that's something I'm going to add to my program because not only do I talk about like how to travel gluten-free, but I also do like some general travel. Like I had a whole series on national parks earlier. And the other thing that I'm doing, which, which was kind of a benefit of COVID because I had some more um, downtime because I didn't have as many clients was I got my second edition of my book finished. So that will hopefully be coming out the end of summer, which I had some book booths plans to go to uh, gluten-free conferences, but that's not going to happen either. So, <laughs> so I have to change my whole marketing plan now too. <laughs> yeah, I'd listen to that. Dave, you, you did a lot of traveling before. A COVID, a monthly COVID travel update that's not gluten-free specific right. would be very valuable to me. Cause I'd be like, cause like right now, I don't know. I don't want to travel. Like I don't, yeah. I don't want to get on a plane, but I'd love to have a monthly update of where's the industry going? What are they doing? How much are people traveling? What are the airlines saying? What are they doing? Right. What about hotels? I have to go out to Colorado Springs in a month and I'm kind of, I'm driving out there, but I'm kind of like, where do I stay? What do I do? So <laughs> well, can I sleep in my car? <laughs> totally. one, of, one of the things a lot of hotels are doing right now is they'll let you stay at their place. But what they have to do is that after someone leaves, they have to leave that, that hotel room vacant for 72 hours after it's cleaned to ensure that like there's no COVID virus hanging around for the yeah. next person. Right. And so, and so a lot of, and I think there's, there's also like, you can only have a maximum number of people per floor as well because and they can't do any like inside activities and so you can stay at hotels now it's just that they have very they have very limited space but they're also really good deals because they're everybody's trying to get people to stay at their place and so if you need to travel jim i would just say um like call some of the hotel chains and um if you have oh if you have a pet the best pet friendly hotel chain motel six it's the yeah. most bizarre thing. And I found that out last year. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's that's helpful. That's a great pivot that would draw me and usually gluten-free. Okay, I'm, I'm okay. So I wouldn't listen to that. But if, as you said, hey, now I'm offering travel tips that once a month, it's a COVID update. Yeah, I'm in because I, I don't know. It's, it's something that'd be helpful to me. Yeah. And Gabrielle says... And we trust hotels, right? And I'm like, no, no, that's, I'm like, well, okay. But we have to, we have to have some trust. Yeah. We have to have some trust. Well, and you can always go in with your wipes and wipe everything down when you get there too. So, and definitely I would not still travel if I was, I mean, well, I have celiac disease, so I have to be careful, but I'm not like severely immune compromised. But if you're like severely immune compromised, I still would not travel at all. It's just, it's just not worth the risk. I saw the dumbest thing yesterday. Usually if I hear a knock on my door, it's because there's a package. So I open up the door and it's a woman with her two, I don't know, six and four year old children. And I'm like, can I help you? And she's like, oh yeah, little whatever. Caroline has made it into the cheerleading thing and we're selling pepperoni rolls. And my, my, the, the, the mouth, the, 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 the voice in my head said, where is your mouth? What if door to door? And instead I said, hold on, let me get my wallet. So I, I closed the door, turn around, found my wallet, grabbed the 20. I said, I don't need any pepperoni here. Take this and have fun in cheerleading and close the door. I was like door to door, no mass. You don't know. What if it's, I was just like, you don't know who I could have been 90 years old. I was like, I just, that was one that I was just like, 
Okay, I, apparently everybody thinks it's okay to go out, and it may be, but not from what I'm seeing in the news, at least. But well, we're in Utah. We actually have one of the lowest like rates per capita or whatever right. because we're not one of the blue states. And one of my friends in my networking group who didn't think that like coronavirus was a real thing, mm. he caught it. His wife caught it. His four children caught it, and his 83 year old mom now has it. Ooh, all within the same week. Yeah. Yeah. Icky. He says he gets up to like walk to the bathroom and he takes four hours to get back to like being able to breathe normal. Mm. Any other, yeah. Be careful. Yeah. <laughs> Any other questions we can help you with or comments or. No, I just wanted to chat about China and travel. Yeah, yeah, no, good. <laughs> thanks for jumping in. Great to see well, you. Thanks for having me on guys. I you appreciate bet. it. Have a great weekend. We'll see you. I want to go back to this thing that uh, Mystic Max said, most people think that they come up with a topic and just record and people will listen. I talked to, it's funny because I still call him my best friend. It's a guy I've known since sixth grade. I mean, it's, it's just peas in a pod. And when we get on the phone, it's, it's one of those, t- I don't talk to him that often, but it's the kind of person where you have that relationship that you just pick up right where you left off. And we talk about the same things we did when we were 22. What are you listening to? Have you heard this guy's guitar tone? Holy cow. Did you, did you know that George Lynch is playing on this song and the name of the title is something that's so vulgar? I can't say it here. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. That's a conversation. That is not a podcast. And I think the problem is people are thinking if I just get on my friend and anybody else that loves guitar will get on and listen to that. And they might, if, if it's the, if it's a show about hair metal in the eighties or whatever that might, but I, I, again, you're not going to make tons of cash if any at all. And you're definitely not going to do it quickly, but I I'm starting to think right. that some of the podcasts I hear, it's just a conversation, which is fine. Have conversation. It's just a matter of, I, I don't know that that's a, uh, a moneymaker going back to what yeah. you said. That, well, that's advice that you can give yeah. for people that, that may not be the, but it may like, I mean, I, I say my daughter, Samantha, she, she watches this critical role podcast. Mm-hmm. They're playing D and D like <laughs> it's not scripted. It's not, it's just them. All they're doing is recording and it's the way they play it and what they're doing. And they have some conscious thought process that goes on to like, we're on camera. So they do funny things and that kind of stuff. I would have in in a in a in a in a million years. I never would have thought that I played D and D when I was in high school. If you would have said, "Hey, someday people are going to record this stuff," and it's like it's like people watching other people game. Yeah. If you would have told me it's more popular to watch gamers than to game, I'd have been like, "You're you're crazy." So, yeah. I, 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 I'm listen. I'm I'm with you, Dave, on that. I, hey, it may not be content, but it may be. Like it may never be know. really, really interesting. I, I, I just found a new show. Thanks to Daniel J. Lewis called audience. And it's from Craig who runs Castos and it's just called audience, which I thought was going to be, I was like, Ooh, that could be hard to find. Cause it's just one word, but I found it and he interviewed this guy and he said, the one thing that most people don't talk about is the fact that some of podcasting success is luck. And he goes, look, I started in 2009. He goes, it it probably was a little easier to get found back then. And he goes, but it also was pretty lucky that Glenn Beck happened to find a book I wrote and got me on his show. And then something else happened. And I, somebody asked him for some, he's, he's, he's primarily, he started off as a writer and a public speaker. 
And he goes, and then this one guy asked for some tips on public speaking and turns out that guy knew somebody who knew somebody. And he goes, that's just luck. He goes, it's really nothing I did to do that. And I thought that was an interesting comment that sometimes you just happen to be in the right place at the the right time. And sometimes too, I mean, I think about a guy like Kevin Rose, Mm -hmm. who was early in podcasting, very successful what was the, oh shoot, I just had this in, in my mind as far as the company Stumble, Stump, no, Fun? Fun? no, mm. it'll come to me in just a second. Dig was the name mm. and they did Dig Nation, super, oh, yeah. one of those very early, very, very popular podcasts for a while. It, it came and went, he'd had something before that and has done stuff after that, but you don't hear Kevin Rose in the equation of popular podcasters right now. Like you, you don't, it's, it, he's, he's out of that. So that doesn't always, we, we talk about, I mean, things come and go. And sometimes you get lucky, you get in, Dig was one of those where right place, right time. They used to do these live podcast festivals where they'd get together and they'd sit on the couch and just talk about the things that had come in, come in through Dig. That had its time. And now that's not a thing anymore. So sometimes it's right place, right time, doing the right thing. Sometimes it's who you, sometimes in Joe, like a Joe Rogan case, sometimes it's because you've done the hard work. I mean, it's where hard work meets opportunity. <laughs> Speaking of Joe Rogan, I've got to say something because of all this Joe Rogan talk, I actually started listening to Joe Rogan and probably more importantly, watching Joe Rogan because uh, he doesn't do all the ads on YouTube. I am amazed. I've listened to probably three different episodes. So you're looking at like nine hours of Joe Rogan, probably at least six. How much of his content is like if if right now I said, hey, Jim, check this thing out. It's this little orange hockey puck. And if you if you squeeze it, it'll do this thing. And, and, and then Jim says, oh, wow, look at that thing. It's all, wow. That's that's it. Are you kidding me? He and Bill Burr went on for 10 minutes about how strong praying mantises are and the fact that this praying mantis killed a lizard. And I, I'm watching the video going. Well, surely they're watching the video and Joe will openly tell his producer, hey, find that video with such and such. And then they will sit there and go, oh, wow, look at that. Look, oh, wow, geez. Did you see that? Oh, look at that. And I'm like, if this was an audio and even on the video, they don't show the video. And I was like, as an editor, I'm like, why? How did this make the cut? Because it's it's not benefiting anybody. It's not even benefiting the video person. It's just them going to listen to that kind of stuff sometimes. (laughs) You know, it's crazy what we want to listen to. I mean, people listen to this. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. This, I mean, it couldn't be any more meta than podcasting about podcasting and then talking about how other people (laughs) podcast. Criticizing them for random, and then we're talking about the random things that they're doing. I just, for me, I was just like, that's not going to work in audio. I mean, I'm purposely doing something visual to our, when we go into our post show, I did want to, since we got seven minutes left, this is, I wanted to throw this at you because you work for Gallup. You might know a thing or two about uh, surveys. This came from Oscar. He said, he actually emailed me. He said, I hope you're healthy and well. Surveying my listeners, do you have a perspective on what questions would you ask? What questions would you avoid asking them? And do you have a good listener survey you would recommend. And so I don't know if you want me to go first, if you want to go first or. Oh, I can, I can, I can say a few things. Yeah. I'm not a survey research scientist, like that's not my job. So this is not, and I don't speak on behalf of Gallup. So right. this is not that, but a few things about surveys that I know. 
One is that you can't, you, you should not make a survey at like 1130 at night and then release it at midnight. <laughs> like that's not a good way to do this. It's the Dave Jackson way of doing a survey. <laughs> like, Hey, I'm going to, I mean, you can, yeah. you can do it if you want, but survey questions should be well thought out and actually tested. So it's one of those things you might want to get some, if you're really wanting to get some meaningful information back on a survey, it's a good idea because the first go around, it's like writing something. You should have an editor. And with a survey, you should have somebody edit that survey and make sure and get those questions kind of tested. Are they getting back? And, you know, the second point is the questions you're asking, are they even actionable on your part? So often I see surveys where I'm like, can they really do anything about this? Like, I know they're going to get my opinion, but what are they going to do with that information? So make sure that information is actionable. And then three, make it as short as possible. It just from a, people actually taking part in the survey, if it's long and complicated or you're asking similar questions in just in different ways, chances are people will kind of smell that out and they get tired. If, you, if it's too long, I don't know about you, Dave, but I've been in surveys where I'm like, you know, I'm answering and I'm like, man, how long is this thing? Yeah. And then then you start going B, 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 just to get through it, right? <laughs> be, even if just B, 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 or making smiley faces or what, those kinds of things make it uh, kind of tighten it up and, and make it. But make sure you're actually asking questions that you can actually have an effect on as well. If you are in a, if you're in a situation and you're, you're surveying people, make sure they also know at the end what you're going to do, what's actionable about that survey. Don't just ask questions and then disappear. So that's what those are a couple of my thoughts. My friend, that's, that's, it's, it's the key. When, when I was, I, I worked in customer service, which was really just training with a different name under it. And one of the things, because anytime things got a little tight in marketing, they're like, let's do a survey. And I would say, what are we going to do with the answers? Like before we even think about a survey, what are we doing with, because the worst thing you can do is ask your audience something and then do nothing with the answers. Cause what's the, it completely devalues their opinion. So that's the, the first thing. So when you said like, is this something I can action about it for me? I always say you can start off here and then grow. And that is, what do you like about the show? What do you wish I would do different about the show? And what would you like to hear in the future? And then, and really from there, you can go as much as, and now the problem with that is those are all fill in the blanks. So like everybody else, we all hate essay questions. I just did one not too long ago and it was all rate from one to five or no one to six. And that's my other tip. I always say, make them even numbers. Cause if I go one to five, everybody can pick three and go right down the middle. If you go one to six or one to four, they one have to, four to, is probably better. Yeah. They have to figure yeah. out, am I a little more positive or a little more negative? So your, your outsides are active and then the insides are, 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 and that just gives some folks, but you're right. They can't land on, on either side. Yeah. We just did a full feedback show on home gadget geeks. Oh, so nice. It's I, and I didn't even put out a survey. I just said, send me your feedback. And I probably got nine or 10 pieces of feedback from listeners. And it was all in all kinds of different forms and all the kinds of different ways. And I wasn't looking for your show is great. And I really wasn't looking for this. I hate this part. I was kind of looking for, give me some ideas of what you want to hear or what have you liked in the past? And an idea I had last spring, which was to do more roundtable shows, like more roundtable topic shows, have a show, invite some folks who are interested in talking about that topic to that show and then having a roundtable kind of playing off of what Ray does over at, at Podcasters Roundtable, which you guys do, and, and do more shows that way. And I think it confirmed it. Somebody 
brought it up. I talked about it. There was a lot of, there was a lot of chatter and about it in our chat room. And I'm like, okay, I need to, that's, that's a validated piece of feedback that I need to do more roundtable shows. So I'm going to spend some time setting those up here for the fall. There you go. I know I'm doing more interviews because the last survey I did, people said, I really like it when you do interviews. You seem to do really good interviews. And I was like, oh, Daniel has a, a thing. He said, if if they say quick survey and it takes more than five minutes, uh, yeah, it's, there comes a point. Where is the other one he had? Oh, if they said, I have a 20 question survey that it's going to take about 10 minutes, I'd be more willing to participate because yeah. I know in advance. But it's like yep. you said, when you get the middle and you're like, I, that's why if if I did something like that, because most of mine, I try to keep less than 10 questions, is I would have, I like it when they put a, a progress bar at the bottom. Yeah. So you can kind of see what's going on. And if, and if you have a weekly newsletter and you can do one question a week, sometimes, again, depends on your audience, how well the questions laid out, whatever your engagement in your newsletter, but we call these pulse surveys. So one question, just tell me, tell me what this is. And if you could do, Again, if you can do one question for over 20 weeks, that's 20 questions. People are more likely to answer one question than they are if it's in a 20 question list. So you might want to just add them in, add one question. They'll get used to like, hey, question of the week. Kind of like your question you of the a, month. Yeah, question of the month. Speaking of that, as uh, we, we wrap up here. The question of the month this month, and if you want to go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash question, today is the last day. Jim, if you could have one person on your show, who would be who who would be the that one guest? You'd be like, oh man, I can't believe I get to interview so-and-so and and, one, and why. One guest. I think I right now I would want to interview Barack Obama. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think just with everything going on in the United States, with everything that's happening, I just for me, and again, I'm a tech show, but you asked me if there was right. one person I'd want to spend time interviewing. Now, our former president, Obama, would probably be the guy. I just think he has some interesting things to say. So, yeah, that's your Barack, that's your, Barack Obama. Yeah. <laughs> I love that guy. <laughs> or or the president before him, right? GW. That'd be, <sighs> I think, I think he'd be a fun interview. That'd so, be a, I think both of them would be that'd fun. That'd be a They're fun both, round table. They both have a really good sense of humor. Ooh, the two of them together, that would be a dynamite. That would be a pretty great podcast, yeah. I would think, the two of them together. Well, uh, strategy. <laughs> Doing a good job there. Whatever the guy's name was. Slick. Yeah. W. Oh, my um, God. G Dub. Yeah. Not well, great. we know it's not Barack Obama. What What is coming up on theaverageguy.tv? Oh, we, we did a show where Mike and I got together. We've never done a in person podcast oh, before. Wow. I went, went over to Mike's house. We set up a little studio and we kind of did it together. Celebrated five years, gave him a five year anniversary gift. And we talked about user, that was the user feedback show. So if you want to, if you want to listen, what does that sound like to do a podcast where you just kind of read through user feedback? TheAverageGuy.tv. It's not out right now, but it will be by this weekend. Coming soon to a podcast catcher near you. Yeah. Uh, on the School of Podcasting, I'm interviewing Brendan from PodPage. If you want to check out PodPage, schoolofpodcasting.com slash PodPage. And I love this guy and he drives me nuts. Why? Because I have a course on PodPage and about every six weeks, he completely revamps the whole thing and makes it better. And I'm like, dude, I got to redo all my tutorials now, which I found a, I've been using Logie, which is a Logic Tech screen capture software. And now there's not any cool like arrows and zoom ins and that. But if I just do it live when it's done, it's done. 
and I can I can just upload it. So that's what's coming this week on uh, the School of Podcasting. So thanks to the uh, chat room. Stick around. We're going to look at some new artwork, and uh, I don't know. Maybe we'll have a singing contest. All the usual stuff. So stick around. A big thanks to Eliquity too. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh